Today's episode of the Dirty Sports Podcast is brought to you by Chill Boys. Comfort where it counts. Guys, I love my Chill Boys underwear. It's my favorite pair of underwear to wear. Soft, feels good, gives my balls some breathing room. Absolutely love Chill Boys. They got the bamboo boxers, the performance boxers, the boxer briefs. They got it all, and I love wearing them. Have a pair of them on right now, and I feel absolutely cool, comfortable. They're soft. Oh, they're so soft. I love Chill Boys. Guys, it's time to upgrade your undies. Use use discount code DIRTY20 at chillboys.com to save 20% on your first order. That's DIRTY20 to save 20%. Once again, that's chillboys.com, C-H-I-L-L-B-O-Y-S.com. Drop that promo code DIRTY20. Get yourself feeling nice, smooth, and relaxed and save 20% on that pair of underwear. All right, time to start the show. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I said welcome to, welcome to Dirty Sports Podcast With Andy Ruther and Joe Prano Welcome to, welcome to The Dirty Sports Podcast Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast I am your host, Andy Ruther Coming to you live from the Smut Studio In Venice Beach, California With my co-host via New York The one and only, Joey no chill, Prano. Hello, Andy. Cross country pod, Prano. Yeah, let's do this, dog. Um, I shout out as always to uh, the the folks that fill in on my my behalf. Um, but you you messaged me and you said, "Hey, man, let's just do a cross country episode." And I said, "I'm in." Yeah, let's do it. Again, yeah. Shout out to Yoshi, who I believe is in medical lab testing again this week. Great, great. Uh, real fun fact about the Yoshi thing. I got to witness him calling different labs around the city after our episode, and that was an experience in its own. <laughs> he, is he, like, cold calling people? Yes. So he called. He's like, he's like I have healthy liver. <laughs> so he's like, great. So while I'm cleaning up the podcast last Monday, he's cold calling labs for testing. And a lot of times he was speaking in Japanese and he would kept saying, I hate speaking in Japanese, which would be funny to me because I would hear he had it on speaker. I would hear this whole conversation he'd have with the lab in Japanese. And I don't know if he's as fluent uh, probably as he used to be, obviously, because he's not using it. But obviously, he's still fluent in Japanese. And every conversation, he would want to make it go in English, and they could tell his accent, and then the caller would try to push it in Japanese, and then he would respond in English, trying to get it back to English. It was it was just funny to watch. Yeah. That's 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 the most Yoshi thing I've ever heard. And uh, our boy Tug, I believe, is in Cabo. He, he, he had such a successful run on Dirty Sports, he went to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it for Tug. He's, he's retired. Although Tug uh, missed the mark big time on that Bills-Dolphins game. 
Uh, I forget what was his uh, – What was I, I don't remember what his take was. His take was that Miami is just really trying to lose, and mine and your take was it's still the Bills, and it's still 17. Yeah, and it's still Fitzmagic. <laughs> let's just start there. Why, why not, Joe? Let's let's okay. let's start with Buffalo, Miami. I was worried about your boy Fitz. I was I was stressing. I had uh, Aaron came over. He got to experience NFL Sunday, and uh, I was stressing because they were losing at halftime. And you're right, Fitz. The thing about here's the thing about Fitz Magic is Miami might be trying to lose. He's not trying to lose. Like he leaves it all out in the field. Right, and and you know you said my boy Fitz Magic. It's like at this point. You're the you're a man on an island. Everybody, everybody has embraced the magic. Everybody is a, at least an appreciator of the the magic that Fitz provides. You're just a man on an island now. Who you know you dug yourself a hole and you're in a foxhole and you're dug in and you're and you're staying there. Even your your boy Pat McAfee. I don't know if you saw this. Pat McAfee's calling for Fitz magic to the Bears. Interesting. Well, look. I, I might change my tune a little. I'll be honest. Fitzmagic put the fear in me yesterday, and I don't know if I've changed my tune on like some of those previous conversations, but is he a capable guy of winning? Is he arguably, and I've actually said this, the best backup or fill-in backup, whatever you want to call it, of all time? I would say yeah. So, so maybe I have changed my tune. Again, I was worried yesterday, Joe. Yeah, because because the thing is, is like he, you know, he is a good quarterback, which is something that, you know, was sort of our sticking point. But also he definitely the the thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick and it's why. And look, being a Fitzpatrick defender, I'm surprised Pat McAfee beat me to it. But the reason also that you can say things like what about Fitzpatrick to the Bears right now is. Like, there's never been a more capable guy in terms of being able to pick up an offense in a matter of minutes and be, you know, like you said, capable. I mean, smart guy, Harvard, the whole thing. He just, you know, he's just going to kind of give you the same level of play regardless of which dumpster fire situation you drop him in. Yeah, and I think with him, another appealing thing for Fitzpatrick is – I don't know this. This is just observation. I think guys like playing with him, his teammates. He yeah. se- he seems like that type of guy. And and we're gonna get to uh, Philly later because I have some interesting takes on Carson Wentz and playing with guys and just some guys. You'd agree with this, right, Joe? Some guys just elevate their teammates' play, and there's that's not quantifiable in a statistic. They just elevate their teammates' play. And I think he's right. one of those guys. I will give you that. Yeah. Uh, but they did not lose, thank God, because uh, actually that would have just erased the survivor poll that I had. I believe I believe 59% of our poll had the Bills yesterday. So they did not it's, lose. It, I mean, Miami, Miami still, regardless of the magic, still staying strong is like if you're in a survivor poll, just pick against them every week. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. This week, actually, there's going to be some fun... You you have you have a a lot to pick from this week. You have the uh, the Redskins at the the Vikings. You obviously whoever Miami's playing. I forget who else, but there's like three huge point spreads. But let's let's take ourselves back to Thursday night, Joe. 
Huge okay. NFL news. Patrick Mahomes injures his knee. He dislocates it in front of everybody on national TV. Uh, as far as the prognosis, it's actually good. It was the best possible scenario, I believe, right? He'll be, he'll be out three or four weeks. Right. And uh, here we are now. The Chiefs still win with, with Matt Moore because uh, Denver and Joe Flacco is, is a current dumpster fire in Mile High. What do we make? What do we make of this now? Like, like where do the Chiefs sit? I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here. I still think the Chiefs might be the second best team in the AFC with Matt Moore the next few weeks. Am I crazy? Uh, Am I crazy to say that? I mean, certainly they're the the AFC is very top heavy, um, but. I mean, with Matt Moore, like, with Matt Moore, are they better than, you know, your boy, uh, Josie Brissett and the Colts that, you, you know, that basically is the official team of the Dirty Sports Podcast whenever I'm on the road? Um, <laughs> are, are they better than, you know, the Texans? With Matt Moore, I'm not sure. but But I think the important thing and, like, the real question is, like, where does this leave Kansas City, who made the AFC Championship last year and lost to the Patriots? And I really think it doesn't change a lot. And honestly, what's crazy is I saw, I forget who it was, and I tried to search, but obviously when I put Mahomes and injury in after it happened, there were so many, so many things that came up. But I remember seeing somebody, and if anybody knows who it was, some you know sports media member was calling for Mahomes to be benched this week uh, prior to the Thursday night game because he was hobbled last week and his health is of the utmost importance. And it's like, why put him in there against a team that you should be able to beat without him on short rest after being hobbled when you're just exposing him to injury in a game that you, if you're a Super Bowl contender, should be able to win with him on the bench. And I remember seeing that and being like, it's not a terrible call. Like, yeah. I know the Broncos have been, like, sort of wily lately and whatever, but, like, if you believe this Chiefs team can dethrone a Patriots and win a Super Bowl, you should be able to beat the Broncos on Thursday night with Matt Moore, which they actually did do. They just didn't do it voluntarily. And now they have to beat three other teams. But I, I think, you know, the important thing is, Get Patrick Mahomes fully healthy. It really doesn't matter what happens these next couple of games as long as you don't get, you know, swept and put yourself in a position of missing the playoffs, which I don't think they do in a division with the Raiders and the, you know, Chargers and the Broncos. So you're pretty much safe all around. Yeah, you're right. It really helps that they're in a weak division. Their next three weeks are not easy, though. They have the Packers at home for Sunday Night Football. Then they have the Vikings at home, and then they go to Tennessee. So, right. so it's not like any of those games. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost all three games with Matt Moore. Right. I think they can win those games. I think he's a capable enough backup, and, and we saw that. The defense also played pretty well, and Joe Flacco is is a, is a straight disaster right now in uh, Denver. So that helped out that the defense had so many sacks. But, yeah, I think they'll be all right. They're going to win that division, without a doubt. But it'll be interesting, like you said, moving forward. And I agree. If there's any question, we're not just talking about your MVP quarterback. We're talking about a once-in-a-generation quarterback. Why yeah. ri why risk it? Why risk his right. health? 
It's yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree with you. And I, I didn't agree with the take that I saw a lot of people like, Oh, he's hurt. You can't run. It's like, you got to be able to QB sneak for one yard. And if you can't QB sneak for one yard, if you're not healthy enough to do that, then again, maybe you should have been resting for this game, no matter what. Um, but you, the, the, the point is with Mahomes right now, he has to sit until he is healthy. And I tweeted uh, a couple weeks ago at, on the, during the Colts game that Patrick Mahomes is the most valuable player in football. And like, I don't want you to at me with somebody else. And I understand that basically in every sport now, except for baseball, most valuable player has taken on a, a totally different meaning, but like Patrick Mahomes is the most valuable player. Like the idea that this Chiefs team is a Super Bowl contender with a backup out there or with Alex Smith back or with whatever, you know what I mean? It's just not true. What's the LeBron James effect for NFL, correct? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, Pat McAfee, whose opinion I respect, is talking about, you know, let's improve the Bears by taking, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick and putting him on the team. You, right, and, and and we just talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick as like a fill in the blank kind of guy. He like the Kansas City Chiefs are not winning a playoff game with Ryan Fitzpatrick. The Bears might go to the fucking Super Bowl with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but the Chiefs aren't winning a playoff game with them. Yeah, because the Bears have a defense. Right. Yeah. No, I get it, and, and I totally agree. So I, I think they got to win, and and I think they'll take at least one of these next three games. Uh, the Green Bay one will be tough, but at least two of those three are at home, which will be a huge help. Okay, right. let's move through these games. Rams, Falcons, not much to say from my perspective. Uh, had the game on, of course. The Falcons are just a disaster. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing, no other way to put it, right, Prano? Dan Quinn, I mean, how much longer can he last? This is a defensive-minded coach. They're just they're getting destroyed defensively, and then yesterday they couldn't score any points. Yeah, the, this Dan Quinn. I liked the Dan Quinn hire. I liked obviously Dan Quinn came out of the gate really hot. Um, you know, with a Super Bowl appearance, I believe that was in year two, correct? Um, but they're just so goddamn talented, and it's really embarrassing how bad that they've played with as much talent as they have on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I, I, I just don't know how with that offense and those playmakers that you have, you score three points at home. It's not like the Rams defense. The, the Rams defense gave up 50 points at home to Jameis Winston. It's not right. You know, I'm not saying the, the Rams defense isn't terrible. Yeah, I think it's actually improved from last year. And I love the trades that they did to get Jalen Ramsey. Uh, by the way, I was debating with somebody on Dirty Sports Twitter. I'm sorry. I mean, somebody's trying to defend Marcus Peters as a top ten cornerback. I I mean that's ludicrous. If you if you watch Marcus Peters, by the way, he is he is one hundred percent a feast or famine guy. One hundred percent. He might get that pick or he might just get toasted. So I love yeah. I love that trade that they did. And obviously, I think the Rams have upgraded on defensively. But yeah, I, I just don't know how much longer. Quinn can last because if you actually look at the numbers for Matt Ryan, he's actually having a really good year. Minus the intercept, the interceptions are bad, but all the way around he's playing pretty well. And I think the Rams for the for the second have righted the ship, and I think they'll 
I think they'll be right in contention to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to think that the Rams don't make the playoffs sort of one way or the other. I mean, they certainly could miss them, you know, uh, with an undefeated um, 49ers team and with, you know, the way your Seahawks are playing. But I I think they make it. Yeah, the NFC is just so damn good this year. Uh, Okay, Jags-Bengals, I have nothing to say except this. I thoroughly enjoyed when I put the game on briefly. All the empty seats in Cincinnati. Finally, you guys have figured it out. Uh, you will never win under Mike Brown, and I will argue till the day I die. I actually came across an old YouTube video this week that I put out in 2014 talking shit about Andy Dalton. And five years later, it still holds true. Zero playoff <laughs> wins. Uh, so, you know, there's Prenostradamus. I, I'd like to say uh, I predicted myself correctly on that. Uh, the Bengals are the only 0-7 team right now. The Jags move to 3-4, and four. and, and you, you got that one on me. I thought I could cover. That, that was a point pickup for you. Uh, the Bengals just can't score any points. No, the, the Bengals are, are real, real, real bad. What's a bigger disaster, eating uh, Skyline Chili and then diarrheaing that out or watching the Bengals play? I feel like they're on par. Yeah, no, I, I look the chili at least is still delicious going down. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the the um, the Bengals, like you don't enjoy watching them, and then you're left with a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, the a- chili is like it, it, it's you know I, I've shit on Skyline Chili and Gold Star Chili a lot. It's still chili. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it's not good chili, but it's still chili. Yeah. Well, I think this will be his last year. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out because if you fast forward ahead, I think it's going to come down to this game. The Bengals and Dolphins, I believe, in December play each other. Now, I did see a fun fact the other day. The Bengals have yet to win a game since Marvin Lewis was fired. <laughs> like, that, that is was, fun. Was, was, was Marvin Lewis overachieving this whole time? <laughs> With his uh, basic 500 record? Who, who yeah. knows? Maybe I don't know. I mean, no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, they were obviously like the like the Falcons. They were super talented as oh, well yeah. for so long, and 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 couldn't manage to get it done. Yeah. Um, moving on, Vikings Lions. Our boy, who we've been so critical of, Kirk Cousins. Let, let me drop a rug nug here for you. The last three games, Kirk Cousins, nine hundred seventy six yards. 10 touchdowns, only one interception on 76% completed passes. Joe Prano, ever since he was called out at that Bears game, he's played well and he's done it against some quality opponents. Yeah, look, this is how Kirk Cousins has managed to make more money than you and I will ever touch, see, or, you know, uh, uh, imagine in our lifetime. But, like... This is Kirk. This is who Kirk Cousins has always been, right? Like Kirk Cousins. Oh, uh, like basically the Kirk Cousins signature moment is people shit on Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, you like that, and it's almost like the Vikings should hire people to trash talk Kirk Cousins every week because how long until Kirk Cousins has the game where he just takes a hot dump? The, the Vikings have looked great. Kirk Cousins has looked great. He's been, he was called out by his receivers that, that, you know, and he feeds Thielen, and then he gets called out by Diggs, and then he feel, 
you know, he feeds digs and like they're hitting on all cylinders. But here's the question I have for you. Do the Vikings win a playoff game? Well, that's a great question. They're currently five and two. They're in the same division, obviously, as the Packers, Bears and Lions, which is a pretty tough division to be on. Like any of those teams can win on any given night. Agreed? Yeah. That's a it's a very, very, very good division. I, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. If they're not your question is interesting because if they're not playing at home, even if they are playing at home, that, that's a good question. Can he win when it counts? Just t- do they win a playoff game? You know, like. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd be leaning towards no with him. Has he ever won a playoff game? Uh, not that I recall, but I, I, I might be wrong. I mean, basically right now, it would be, you know, if the season ended today, it would be Minnesota at Green Bay wild card weekend. Yeah, I wouldn't like my odds with that at all. That's a good. That's a good point. I mean, but the th- but here's the thing. Also, they do have the blueprint to win in the playoffs. You have a you have a running game and you have a defense. Mm-hmm. So so I guess it boils down to how much does Kirk Cousins have to do? Now, obviously, we see quarterbacks usually have to do something come playoff time. Right. And, and and that is why it is a question. If they have a great defense and they have a great running game and Kirk Cousins is playing out of his mind right now, where's the hesitation and they can win a playoff game? It's Kirk Cousins. And, right. So therein lies the fucking the Kirk Cousins conundrum, which leads to the Washington Redskins giving the guy a, a you know, a top five salary every year, but not making a commitment to him because they're franchise tagging him. And then Minnesota making him the highest paid quarterback in football. It's like the Kirk Cousins conundrum is real. And it is rearing its head yeah. Minnesota right now. Well, he's never won a playoff game. I have it in front of me. He's only played in one, which was 2015. So, right. So he's never won a playoff game. Yeah. And the NSC. You know, it's, it's kind of like when – I like how you do it when you talk NBA playoffs. You say, all right, who are the best players in the court? Let's match those up. I think you can do the same thing with the NFL playoffs, right, when you look at quarterbacks. And we'll get to Lamar Jackson in a minute, but you and I were talking about uh, Jeff Schwartz, his Twitter feed, former, uh, former Giants O-lineman, was making some great points about this. You know, come playoffs, you have to make a play with your arm at some point. You, right. you, you, just, you just have to. Now, now teams have gotten away with it, but let's not forget, guys, Those teams, all, some of those teams had all-time defenses. Exactly. Exactly. You know, the Baltimore Ravens win with Trent Dilfer. With- I, and that's the thing. That's the thing. Everybody, when, anytime anybody wants to discredit the fact that a team wins a Super Bowl or a quarterback wins a Super Bowl, they're like, oh, so Trent Dilfer is better than Dan Marino? It's like, no, Trent Dilfer had a legendary defense, like an all-world defense, like an all-millennium defense. Like, they're the best defense since the fucking turn of the millennium. Yeah, exactly. So that's, I, that, that, that's a different story, you know? Like, oh, Jim McMahon, you know, no one wants to ever bring up Jim, Jim McMahon. It's like, oh, Jim McMahon's better than fucking? No, he's not, again, all-world defense. Jeff Hostetler, no. Like, these guys had defenses that have multiple Hall of Famers on them. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, Ray, Ray Lewis, I mean, you just think about Ray Lewis and Ed Reed alone are arguably the best players to ever play their positions. Yeah, they're right up there. And, and both won on, on, Defensive on Player the of the Year. Defense? On the same defense? Yeah. Although, what was Reed on that 2000 team? The 2001 against the... Maybe, uh, maybe it wasn't. I could be wrong. Well, they no, yeah, he didn't start till two thousand two, but they obviously did win one again together um, right. against the Forty ers But I, but I see your point. Your point is valid, and and you're right. And these are all time defenses. And he, even the Broncos, you know, when the Broncos win against the Panthers, that defense ranks up there. But they also yeah. they also even though he didn't do anything, they also stood an all time quarterback in Peyton Manning, who knew right. who knew how to manage the game. Okay, speaking of all-time quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, yeah boy, had a little 2019 coming out party and not the coming out that you might think I'm talking about. I'm talking on the <laughs> field, Joe Prano. Six touchdowns, five passes, one run, lit up the Raiders. Um, look, I'm a Aaron Rodgers slurper. I've been an Aaron Rodgers slurper for a long time. Um. I'm a Packers slurper uh, post Mike McCarthy. I just think addition by subtraction, you know, put a sack of potatoes with a headset on it and you're going to be better off than you were with Mike McCarthy. Um, and, and I think that that is being proven like Terry Bradshaw needs to fucking hold a press conference and, and talk about it. <laughs> like he, he does. Well, like, I, I, like how are people not holding Terry Bradshaw to a flame every weekend. Mr. Defend Mike McCarthy. Like, what the fuck is happening? Like, everybody kind of agrees. Like, the LaFleur thing, we, it's sort of neither here nor there if he's this offensive genius or not yet. But they are significantly better simply because Mike McCarthy is gone. Aaron Rodgers is playing a much more balanced style of quarterback. They're winning games. The only game they lose is a Thursday night game. And, and, and then, like you said, Aaron Rodgers has coming out with six total touchdowns. Mahomes is, uh, you know, currently injured. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football right now. Agree or disagree? I'd agree. Yeah. I'd agree for everything he can do. And he isn't forcing it this year. Like you said, they do have a balanced attack. They do have a defense. And, and let's not forget that, though. I know you want to shit on McCarthy, but they made some great offseason moves to kind of retool that defense. And they're going to be tough. I mean, when he has games when he has games like that, you know, I was watching the game here with Aaron, and obviously he, he's a Raiders guy, and I was rooting for the Raiders because I took them against you in our picks. And you, you just see it. It's like, like when that fumble happened, when Derek Carr fumbled the ball out of the end zone, I— Aaron and I both were like, this game's over. Even though it really wasn't over score-wise, I just said, you, you have to score against Aaron Rodgers when you, when you yeah. have the opportunity. Because when you don't, he'll make you pay. And, man, they're going to be tough. They're going to, like, again, we, we talk about how top-heavy the NFC is, but they're going to be a tough out. And good luck. Good luck going against them, especially in, uh, in Lambeau in January. Yeah, like right now, again, you know, obviously a lot's going to happen. But like I said, if the season ends today, you've got Green Bay as the three seed. 
they would be hosting Minnesota and then they'd be hosting the winner of a Dallas Seattle game. Like I, you know, that's uh sorry. No, that's not that. That'd be incorrect. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have that. They would have whoever they would have. Uh, obviously they'd move on to the, to one of the top seeds, but yeah, e- either way, those would be the three teams below them in the playoffs. Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. I'm actually pulling it up right now. Looking at the playoffs. Okay. We got to get to your boy. Or should I say not your boy? Jacoby Brissett, Joe. Tug yeah. Coker tweeting at you from Cabo. All the way yeah. all the way in a different country coming in hot for Joe saying, when is he going to show some respect for Jacoby? A, uh, a great game yesterday, a big home win against the Texans. He outplayed Deshaun Watson. He threw for 326 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Brano, what do you got to say for yourself? Are you well, ready, are you look, ready to jump on this Jacoby Brissett train? I, I'm not ready to jump on the Josie Brissett train. <laughs> um, I know, like this is this is another one of those things where, and I I don't know if it's like my brash personality or you know the, that I've been so right so so often that people just like will look for any excuse to be like, we got him. Like, this is the, this is like the, we got him. You know what I mean? But what I said about Josie Brissett um, was that the Colts were Super Bowl contenders with Andrew Luck. And I don't believe they are with Josie Brissett. And I said, and we've seen it so many times. I mean, we, we, you and I joked and are still sort of not even joking about it, but like, the Rams Super Bowl window may have already closed because they were on the verge. They got to a Super Bowl and then they spent a, a ton of money on a running back and a quarterback that maybe they shouldn't have spent all that money on. And if their window's not closed, it's closing because that's how the NFL works. You need to strike when you have the talent around you. My only point on, like, yes, are, have they been better than I thought they would be? Sure. Am I wrong in saying that they were going to win five games or whatever? Sure. But my main point remains, I do not believe that they are Super Bowl contenders with him as their quarterback. And you can argue against me that they are, but I just think you had a Super Bowl contending team when you had Andrew Luck. And you had an opportunity when you take $30 million off of your payroll or whatever it is to say, hey, why not go get somebody who can win the Super Bowl today? And I just, I still don't believe that they have that capability. Well, I'll say this much. I think it's to be determined, right? Like, like we have not seen him play a playoff game. So I, I'm not ready to cast my decision on this because we haven't seen him play a playoff game. We haven't seen him play a road playoff game. We, we don't know if he's going to stink up the joint, play well, manage the game with his defense, with his great running game, which he has done so far this year. I, I guess that's my stance. We don't know. But, dude, I'll tell you what, more by the week, I'm I'm just more of a Frank Wright guy, man. And, well, and, 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 and look, the— you have to become more and more of a Frank Wright guy every week simply because look at what the Colts are doing uh, and look at what the Eagles are doing. And that's my point. 
And that's exactly my point. And, and we'll get to the Eagles. I have a lot to say about that. Uh, and, 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 you know, I know, look, we're dancing around, and obviously we talk quarterbacks a lot on the show because how do you not? It's, it's the most important position in football. It might be the most important position in all of sports. But you know, we, we talked about the Jeff Schwartz talking about Lamar Jackson, and I told you specifically to go to his Twitter account for one tweet which was, I don't know if you have it pulled up. Um, if you don't, let me pull it up. Let because me, I think uh, it's, yeah, no, I, I have it. Do you want the one on? I want the one on Lamar. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up because I think it's a, a great tweet. Wait, wait, this one, I, I have it right in front of me. The one about Lamar winning? Yeah, versus Jimmy. Okay, so Jeff Schwartz tweeted this yesterday in quotes. But all Lamar does is win. He writes, Jimmy G is 14-2, and two, and most, reason, most reasonable people are like, hmm, can he be the guy to lead the 49ers to the Super Bowl? Not sure yet. And then he writes, no one calls you crazy for that, yet have the same opinion about Lamar, and you're a hater. So basically he's, he, basically he's saying, Jimmy G is now 14-2 and two as a starter, which is wild. Undefeated this year. Undefeated this year. Uh, undefeated a couple years ago when, when he got traded. And, and, and we did it on this show last week, and I think any reasonable person would do it. I know for a fact the our closest 49ers fan to the show, Andy Laz, did it when I talked to him about it, which is, man, their defense is really good. Their defensive line is probably the best defensive line in football. Their offense is, with, with Shanahan, is, you know, is creative and explosive. Their running game is ridiculous. Uh, a question mark is Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and yet they're winning because, just because you haven't seen him go, wow, this is just this, this Jimmy Garoppolo highlight reel is just unbelievable. But meanwhile, it's like no one feels like they have to defend Jimmy Garoppolo at 7-0. and It's like you can, you can agree with all of that and still be a fan of Jimmy Garoppolo and still be a fan of this team. And here's the thing. If you look at completion percentage, yards, yards per attempt, yards per game, QBR, not rating, QBR, sacks, sack percentage, which are all you know uh, statistical uh, uh, points of reference, Jimmy Garoppolo and Josie Brissett, Jacoby Brissett, are very, 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 very close. But yet, if you say... I'd like to see better play out of Jimmy Garoppolo before I say the 49ers are Super Bowl contenders. No one's going, Prado, I'm coming to you from Nicaragua. When are you going to turn around your Jimmy Garoppolo opinion? When are you going to pronounce his name, which is Garoppolo in Italian correctly? Like, why is no one doing this? I don't know. I mean, look, he he isn't putting out lights out stats, but I think he knows that system. He knows how to play it well. Again, you and I have talked about this for years, and I'm glad because I think that is just so important. You talk about being able to manage the game, and we've seen that at least, again, in the regular season so far. But I would argue the same for Jacoby Brissett, right? Like, they've both... They both manage the game well. They both aren't going to be crazy with turnovers. At least we haven't seen that so far. Um, right. 
So I don't know, man. It's it, I, I'm real. I'm actually really excited. But like, dude. You know, we, we talk about quarterbacks all the time on the show, and I'm excited for where this season goes. I really am. I'm excited to see what happens with a Jimmy G in the playoffs or Jacoby Brissett or Lamar Jackson. You know, we have a ton of young quarterbacks. I, I'm just more of just from a fan's perspective, what happens with these guys, right? Come playoff right, time. Right. Because there's so many discussions. You have you have the old dogs, you know, the old the Aaron Rodgers and the Tom Brady's, the guys who've been playing forever, the Drew Brees. But it's it's really fun to see some of these young guys come into their own and also see kind of where it goes come playoff time. And uh, I, I agree, man. I, I, I don't know. Right now, I, I've enjoyed watching these guys play for the most part. Right. And you know, look, I, I, I have as well. And, and look, I just I, – my thing is, I always just try to keep things in perspective. Sure, if I'm saying, you know, uh, that that the the Colts are going to win six games, you, you, people can say, "Fuck you, Prano, you were wrong." But again, my stance is that they weren't a Super Bowl contender. But but no, it, it's just weird how people how people uh, you know bring out certain guys and then other guys they don't stand for. You know what I mean? It's like, um, obviously I'm, I'm of the opinion that Kyle Allen should a hundred percent keep starting for the Panthers. And they absolutely would be stupid to go back to Cam Newton. But meanwhile, Teddy Bridgewater has been fantastic for the Saints and they haven't lost a game. You know, Drew Brees, got hurt and they lost that game, but uh, uh, Bridgewater hasn't lost a game. No one in their right mind is saying, go back to, you know, keep Drew Brees on the bench when he comes back. Yeah. No, you're right. But I, but I want to go back to the quarterbacks cause we're already talking about the young quarterbacks. Let's talk Lamar Jackson. Cause I was causing a, uh, a big shit storm on both Twitter and Instagram with some of my posts and some of the digs as Lamar being a running back. And first, Fop, before we get into it, I just want to say I love I love watching Lamar play. I, I've actually I I'm not critical of him, to be honest. I love I think he's exciting. He was fun to watch for Louisville. He's been fun to watch for the Ravens. But my big concern, and I know you agree with me on this point, is that at some point, and this brings it back to Jeff Schwartz, who were all that's where all this conversation was going on his Twitter, is at some point especially come NFL playoffs, you're going to have to make a play with your arm, not your legs. And all the Lamar Jackson defenders, praying, wow, are coming in hot, saying they're, they're, you know, they're coming with stats, which is fine, and they, they want to say, oh, he's this and he's that. But, but I want to say before we get to those stats, I, I want to just drop a, a quick couple rug nugs about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, he's in about the middle of the pack, in the NFL right now, Prano, after seven games, as far as uh, yards, touchdowns, like if you add it up, he's he's in the, maybe the top or in the middle of the pack. But two important stats for Lamar Jackson. His first two games were at Miami and Arizona. In those two games, right. he threw seven touchdowns, zero interceptions, 596 yards on 76% completed passes, which, which are great stats, again, against Miami and Arizona. Since those two weeks, the last five games... He's completed 
59% of his passes. So he dropped by a whole 16% to four touchdowns to five interceptions for 1,054 yards. So my argument is this. To- 50, by the way, 50, just for just so everybody like you know, put that in perspective, 59% used to be a great number. At this point now, the league has changed. Completion percentage is going up at a pace that has never gone up before. 59% would put you... Right, Rosen's at 53, Mayfield's at 56, 29 and 28 and 27 are Fitzpatrick, Mariota, and Winston, 59, 59.160%. So he'd be at 59%. Obviously, that's not his, his season average. But again, if you take out the worst teams in football, he's, you know, a bottom of the pack per completion percentage guy. Yeah. Bottom. And, and, and look, and I get there were some bad drops. I watched that entire game yesterday. I'm not going to put this 100% on Lamar. There were some awful drops. I'm, I'm going to give him that during the Seahawks game yesterday. Now, I will say there was also some really bad drops from the Seahawks side. It was a rainy day. It, day. it, was, it was just pouring rain in Seattle. But again, like you're saying, the last five, we're talking the last five games, he's thrown five interceptions to four touchdowns. And what would scare me as a fan of Lamar are these numbers. Even though they're impressive, they'd also scare me. He's rushed for 100 yards three times this season. He is currently, in, the, in all the NFL, Lamar Jackson, Prano, is sixth in rushing yards after seven games. Right. So the, the reason that scares me is, guys, how long can his body do this? And I get he is unlike anybody we've ever seen before. And I know the ringer did a huge write-up on him, and they had some great quotes from players discussing, you know, that they've never played against anybody like this. And they were all very complimentary quotes from guys on the Seahawks. And I believe it was... uh, God, why am I forgetting his name? Who, who's the Seahawks' big uh, linebacker? Why am I forgetting his name? Wagner. Yeah, Bobby Wagner had said, you know, quote like he had never seen anybody like him. But but I just want to point out something, a couple, couple more stats before we get into this, guys. Yesterday, L- Lamar Jackson, he had a good rushing game. He was also nine of twenty for 143 yards. Like, like, is that again? There were some drops, but is that what you want for your running back come playoff time? And that's what Jeff Swartz is saying. He's gonna have to make plays. Yeah, it is, by the way, it is what you want for your from your running back come playoff time. Is it what you want from your quarterback? Come oh, did I did I say running back? Yeah, but a uh, 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 hilarious Freudian slip. slip. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, look, Joe, and that's my point, guys. I'm not. I don't. I think you're like me, right, Joe? You're not a. We're not Lamar Jackson haters. We're just saying. I, no, I like Lamar Jackson. I I was the one that was saying. You know, I I told the story about you know asking about the Giants drafting Lamar if he made it through to the top of the second round. You know, two years ago, um, but again. Football, as I've said over and over and over and over and over again, is a Super Bowl or a bust league. It really doesn't fucking matter unless you win the Super Bowl. And they made the switch to Lamar Jackson last year. He did this thing where he won a bunch of games. You got to the playoffs, and it was not not bad. It was horrific. It was embarrassing. It was 
Should we be changing our quarterback to Joe Flacco in the middle of a playoff game? It was an abomination of quarterback play. And it's, will this work not just against good teams, but against four good teams in a row? Yes. That's the question because you have to win four playoff games. Yeah. No, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's the point here. That's the point we're making. That's the point somebody like Jeff Schwartz is tweeting at. This is great in the regular season. Him rushing for 116 yards on the road in Seattle, him making some amazing, you know, runs, breaking tackles, running up the middle. Dude, you're just not going to do that in the playoffs. And we could be wrong, but to this date, it's never you happened. Know, but again, again, he might do it in the playoffs, but is he going to do it in the playoffs repeatedly? It's never happened, ever. In the history yeah. of football, it's never happened with a running quarterback. And also, a running quarterback like this, who has not changed their game, has never stayed healthy. That, that's why we're basically, what we're doing, guys like me, you, and like a Jeff Schwartz, we're basically betting on history. And then everyone else is saying, no, this is the new look quarterback. And, and just for you people, you could be right. You could be right, and we could be wrong. But until I'm proven wrong, I'm going to say... It's not sustainable. There's a reason Russell Wilson, who he played against in this game, Russell Wilson used to rush for way more yards, right? Look at Russell's numbers. Look look at Russell Wilson's rushing yards and attempts the last few years. He doesn't run the ball because he knows he'll die. Right. It's a matter of health. It's a matter of the wear and tear, not even in terms of hurting you, but it's difficult to play a game when you're getting beat up every play and, like, one game, one down, you're running the ball, and one down, you're throwing the ball. It's just it's, that's a lot to take on, you know, your shoulders. And I'm sorry, but if you look at the standings in the AFC right now, New England and KC are one, two. Then Baltimore at three. Then Indianapolis at four. Buffalo five. Houston six. I'm still taking that one, two as the AFC championship game. And when you look at Baltimore, Indianapolis, Buffalo, Houston. The reason that I'm taking those other ones is like I have questions about quarterbacks and style of play. Bottom line. Well, let me ask you this because I think this is actually an interesting question because you did the same thing kind of with me and Kirk Cousins. Again, a lot of games to play, but this is a hypothetical. If the season ended today, Prano, the Texans would travel to Baltimore. Right, And obviously we both had our complaints, especially you about old butchin Bill O'Brien. Do the Ravens win that game? And again, let's bring it down to quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson versus Lamar Jackson. Who would win that playoff game? Well, I certainly think Baltimore could, but it would be stupid for somebody to think that Houston couldn't win that game, couldn't win that game easily, and that Lamar Jackson wouldn't get thoroughly outplayed. Yeah. And again, this could change, guys, but I just think at a certain point... I and just, by the way, if it, if it weren't for Butchin, that wouldn't even be a conversation. You'd, you'd go Baltimore all the way. If, if, or, if, I'm, so, I'm if, sorry, you go, yeah. you go Texans all the way. Yeah, bag of potatoes with a headset on it. I'm going, I'm going Houston. Yeah. Again, I, I think we agree. We both love watching Lamar play. Lamar is fun. He really is. But he, he's... His, there's so many question marks about his passing. Let's not forget last year's playoff game. That was a home game against the Chargers. 
He did that at and, home. And, and, and again, you go back to the Jeff Schwartz tweet. Why is this okay to be said? Why can people say this about Jimmy G on an undefeated Niners team, but it triggers Ravens fans and it triggers Colts fans? If you say it about their QB on great teams with great running games and great defenses that like, hey, maybe their quarterback is a question mark. Why is that triggering? I don't know. That's a good question, though, because it really does. If you look at the comments, especially on Instagram, on our Instagram, it's like guys are getting so triggered. But I think it's a lot. It's it's a lot of people who will say, oh, I watched him play and I watch. I do, too. Again, he's. He's exciting as hell to watch. I love watching Lamar Jackson play. But like you said, come playoff time, you're going against the best of the best. Can you do that for four straight weeks? I mean, I'll just be honest, guys. The thought of Lamar Jackson playing, whether it be at home or on the road, against a Bill Belichick defense, I mean, it's, it's laughable. It's, it's absolutely laughable. Like, they, they'll get boat raced. Yeah. And I wouldn't say the same thing if they were going against Kansas City and Mahomes. All right, moving on. Um, Chargers, Titans. This was, I don't know if you watched any of this ending, Joe. This I was- actually did not watch any of this ending. So I'd love to know because I saw a lot of, <laughs> I saw a lot of message. I saw a lot of tweets about it. I saw Phil. But then I, I didn't even, I wasn't even sure what happened after reading a play by play review of it. It was the real-life blinking guy meme on repeat. They basically had two touchdowns called back. The Chargers were also out of timeouts, and they were on the one-yard line. They had back-to-back plays, and the second play, basically, you know, they have to review, did he get in? And he doesn't get in, so then they run it again. Melvin Gordon then fumbles the ball. He's close to the end zone. Does he get in before fumbling the ball? And no, and it was it was a disaster because they kept the game was basically stopped, and there were seven seconds left, and they're also out of timeouts. And you're like, did he fumble it? Was it a clear recovery? Well, if he did fumble it, then the question is, wait, is there just a ten second runoff? And as the viewer, you're trying to figure out what's happening. They're bringing in, you know, your boy Gene Sterator. It's always you Italians who who are running there. Skeletor. Running the uh, great callback, the little Skeletor. Uh, but yeah, it was a mess. It, like, to me, that the end of that game is a microcosm of both the Chargers and the Titans season. A giant what the fuck. Yeah. And the Chargers are now 2-5. And, 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 and they have the Bears, Packers, and Raiders. Bears, Packers, Raiders, Chiefs as their next four. Dude, the Chargers are such a dumpster fire as an organization right now. I I just pulled up an article. According to Forbes, this was published last week, the Chargers are $300 million below their expected revenue for personal seat licenses in the new stadium. They're $300 million below. Dude, I just looked it up. If you wanted to get season tickets for the Chargers next year in L.A., season tickets are going as low as like 30 to 50 dollars per game. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Season tickets are going that low. Nobody wants any part of the Chargers, including the players at this point. I, I just feel like they just don't care. 
But Joe, if I was going to get some tickets, I would not buy the personal seat license. What would I do? I would download the SeatGeek app, right? Yeah, I would enter promo code DIRTY and I'd get $10 off. There's your personal seat license. Yeah. So if you are one of the two Chargers fans who want to go to games next year, you should get SeatGeek or this year or any stadium for any game, guys. This is this is prime sports season, as we know. You got baseball playoffs. The NBA is starting this week. College basketball starting. NHL, football, college football, you name it. Get SeatGeek, guys, the number one ticket app for all your live events over 50,000 five-star reviews. That is great for customer satisfaction. They rate tickets and deals on a scale of 1 to 10. And most importantly, Joe just alluded to this, SeatGeek will even give you $10 off on your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. Send me a screenshot, and I will send you two koozies for using SeatGeek promo code DIRTY. Okay, Saints-Bears. Dude, Saints, bro. Teddy Bridgewater, undefeated. Sean Payton, without a doubt, his best coaching job of his career, correct? Absolutely. You know, uh, look, I've, like... I was like, I don't know what to say about the Saints. Like, I feel like I have to apologize to them or whatever. Like, I picked the Bears this week. I thought that there's just no way that they keep rolling. Their defense is just playing so goddamn well. I mean, you you said before the game, no Kamara. And, like, it, it, it's it's been more about their defense than it has been about Bridgewater and about, you know, what, what their offense has been able to do. But the play calling, I agree with you 100%. The defense has been lights out, and that's why they're 5-0 and under Bridgewater. But even the play calling, if you watch that game, Sean Payton is just coming in with just the right plays, the right plans. He understands he has a great defense. And the Bears' defense now, back-to-back weeks, is looking very, very shaky, especially the, against the run. I mean, Latavius Murray yesterday, he rushed for 119 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. So, so they're not, you know, asking Teddy to do, they're not saying, you know, put the team on your back, and he hasn't needed to. Now, from the Bears' perspective, where where are we at this Mitchell Trubisky situation, Prano? Like, we're, what is this, year three? Where, where are we at with him? Well, he, he, here's where I'm at with Mitchell Trubisky. They're three and three. They're currently sitting in the ninth position. The teams ahead of them for the playoffs are the Rams, and the Carolina Panthers. Five and two Minnesota, who's in their division, is the sixth team. If you're going to make a move in terms of getting into the playoffs, you have to do it soon. Like, if you have not given up on Mitchell Trubisky, fine. Figure it out. But is there any reason not to be thinking what Pat McAfee's thinking and saying, let's get Ryan Fitzpatrick right now? Is there a reason not to say is that is there a reason not to kick the tires on Eli Manning and the Giants? Is there a reason not to be calling the San Diego Chargers and saying your team's a dumpster fire? You're selling tickets for you're selling season tickets for $30. What the fuck are you doing with Philip Rivers? Like is there a reason not to be making those phone calls? That well that's the move I do like. That's the move I like. The Philip Rivers I mean, look, Trubisky— And look, and look, again, 
I, you know, I hate to go back to my comment on last week, but like the, the, the end of the Chargers game and the way you described it is a classic, like the way a Giants game ends in the Eli Manning era of the last five years. And that yet somehow they decided they were going to put all of that on Eli Manning. It's like I, I, I stand by no one is th- throwing Philip Rivers under the bus the way they did Eli Manning the last couple of years with his team being two and five, they're not all saying, Oh, maybe if he was more mobile, they wouldn't uh, get fucking, you know, beat so much. It's like, if you think checking in with the chargers on Phillip rivers is a good idea. I just don't know why you don't think checking in with the giants on Eli Manning is well, I stand by, I stand by that. Those guys came in a league at the same time and played the same amount of snaps. And the, besides the fact that Phillip rivers, throughout his entire career has had better teams is the difference between why people say Eli Manning is washed and you know, Philip Rivers is a hall of famer and should be respected. Well, let me ask you about Eli right now. Cause, cause we were going to get to it, but would, would the giants be any different if Eli had started the whole season? I would, no. I was going to say, I would argue, no, obviously I'm not a, a big Eli defender. I, I think he obviously is hall of fame and, a lot of his records and numbers speak for themselves, but I think the Giants would have the same record right now. I agree with you if Eli would have played because their defense is garbage, their O line is a disaster, and I think it would be the same record. Well, look, what was the big criticism of Eli Manning? Like, if you were to say that this is this is the one reason he can't survive in the league right now. I think is that he was getting hit too much. He was Not a, a statue in the pocket yes. and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Holding on and to the so ball. They, br- they bring in Daniel Jones. Who's more. And by the way, I, I like Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is mobile. Daniel Jones, you know, uh, uh, the stat cast uh, stats have him running at 20 miles an hour in the Bucks game and the fastest a quarterback has gotten to all season, blah, blah, blah. And he runs for two touchdowns in that game. Currently, he is fourth in the league in sack percentage. He has been sacked fourth most per snap. Obviously, he's – and by the way, even on just sacks alone, he's eighth having not started two games, but fourth in sack percentage. If you go in who gets sacked most often, Mariota, Rosen, Winston, Daniel Jones. It ain't that he's not mobile. It's that this dude is is coming to realize exactly what Eli Manning has dealt with for the majority of his career. The two times the Giants like name the Hall of Famers, name the Pro Bowlers on those Giants Super Bowl O lines. No one's like, oh man, like, did did Deal make a Pro Bowl? Yeah, I'm sure he made a Pro Bowl here. But my, my, my point is, is has anybody ever said Dave Deal, offensive lineman of a you know a generation, one of the top five offensive, Chris Snee, one of the best offensive linemen of the early 2000s, when he had a fucking decent O line, he was winning Super Bowls. Otherwise, he has had a dumpster fire O line his entire career. And Daniel Jones, God bless him, is now having to deal with that. And I hope that he also has titanium bones like Eli Manning or else it might be a short fucking career. Yeah. Three straight losses and uh, 
the, you know, I guess yesterday they were in the game, but you know, you start out seventeen nothing. Yeah, yeah, because their defense fucking sucks. They suck. I mean, they just some of those plays, guys are just so wide open. So wide open, not to mention the game starts out with, you know, the not David Johnson running back on the Arizona Cardinals just having Edmonds the walk-in 20-yard touchdowns. Back-to-back walk-in 20-yard touchdowns. Yeah. Look at that, Joe. The Cardinals are 3-3 and 1. Yeah. I could I can take a fat L on that that Cliff Kingsbury prediction. I I said they wouldn't win. They're winning at least now. They're winning. It's not pretty. If, dude, if you look at the stat line on these the box scores of these Cardinals games, it's not pretty, no, but, they're, I, but I, they're winning. I know. Yeah. And, and that's all that matters. Um, but yeah, eight sacks yesterday. That's not that's not good for the healthier quarterback. <laughs> no. And a lot of them were bad. Yeah. Like a lot of them are guys coming out of nowhere and just murdering him. Yeah, and if you guys had won that game, you would have just been a game out. Like, you know, the trust, NFC Trust trust me, I know. The NFC East is uh is up for grabs right now. Absolutely. Well, let's keep it in the NFC East and wrap up with the Sunday night game. The Eagles just took a beat down to the Cowboys. And uh they're now 3 and 4 like they have all season. Even when they've won games, they just start out behind and look i know we have a lot to say but i I, these are these are a couple interesting facts i know we both like carson wentz and i want to bring it back to way earlier for anybody who was listening the beginning of the show i said some guys just play better around other players i don't know why they just elevate their game all i know is this much eagles fans and i know you hate to hear this and i don't know why and i'm not saying that carson wentz is better than nick Foles. But these are the facts. In the last 20 games that Carson Wentz has started for the Eagles, they are 9-11, and 11, never forget. In the last 11 games under Nick Foles, they were 9-2. and two. I'm just going to repeat that. They were 9-11 and 11 under Carson Wentz and 9-2 and two under Nick Foles. I'm not saying that Foles is better. However, for some reason, Joe... And some of those games were without Frank Reich. I think Frank Reich is a huge part of that. But I think we'd agree, for some reason, the team just played better. We saw it last year. The defense elevated their game under Nick Foles. Guys guys were playing better. I felt like, I feel like guys give up on Wentz. I don't know why. I don't know if there's some issue, but a lot of stuff, I'm sure you saw this, has leaked that Alshon Jeffrey has been the anonymous source leaking shit about not only Wentz, but Doug Peterson. I don't know if you saw that. That was today. Yeah. So I guess Look, my, my question I, I, is, I, I, go ahead. I, I think there's a lot of things. One, first of all, I do like Carson Wentz as a quarterback, although the, the things that I've been seeing from him in the past two seasons, not to mention the, the injury bug, is I have definitely started to sell a little bit of Carson Wentz stock. Uh, I mean, in, his, in, in the season with Frank Reich, when they make the Super Bowl, he was absolutely an MVP candidate. But like, I, I, I'm sort of sick and tired of hearing. And again, it, it, it's a it's something that everybody is like. Will, everybody has like a different storyline that they like to hang on to with each of these quarterbacks. Like, oh, the drops. Oh, the this. Oh, the that. You guys got boat race yesterday. Boat 
raced. And yes, is there some portion of that that it's like the team was much better when they won the Super Bowl than they are now and injuries and blah, 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 blah. But also maybe it's as simple as they dumb down the offense when Nick Foles comes in off the bench and they change, you know, we definitely saw an improvement in Nick Foles when he came in to relieve Carson Wentz from game one, which was bad game two. They almost lose to the Raiders to this, them winning the Super Bowl and him winning the MVP and him looking incredible. Like they definitely changed the way their offense was. And maybe the bottom line is Doug Peterson needs to stop treating Carson Wentz like he is, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I just like I can't explain it. Again, this is one of those things where the the numbers don't lie. Why is the team in general why are they playing better with the backup? Why like why is that? And and I don't I don't really know if we can answer that. But Carson Wentz is is a good quarterback and, and the numbers back it up, but dude, they're not winning games with him. I, I don't know what to say to it. They're just not. I- I got to say, you know, we, we talked about our boy, Pat McAfee, who, who came on the show before, and he, you know, he's on the Fitzpatrick thing. As far as guests of our show that are social media moguls, and this week just sending them into wild hot take tailspins, my favorite thing about this is just Barry is spinning SpongeBob meme. Oh, Barry McCockner? Yeah. He does not know what to do. When Carson Wentz is now winning games at the rate of, you know, last five years, Eli Manning. He doesn't know what to do when they have the defense and the running game and the whatever. And Carson Wentz just plays bad. He does. It like I've never seen somebody more who like puts together highlight reels of Tom Brady throwing dump offs. Like just going like these guys are dropping all the passes like (laughs) this. it, It is tough scene scene. (laughs) <laughs> oh i agree you, i'm sure you've noticed i've been i've been poking the bear spinning spinning spongebob lobster scene i have been poking the bear a lot at Mr. oh i know at mr mccockner and, and everybody it's so funny it is so funny remember when everybody used to think i was barry yeah now now everybody thinks i'm dirty sports tweeting at barry no that's every me. time you every time you send a tweet to barry Prano. And I'm like, I've never, I've, I've never tweeted Barry. It's always me just because you know me, I, I I've, I've turned into a, a deep dive guy. Look, I have a lot of time on my hands. Just, I'm sure everybody knows this. I'm a single dude who does not drink. I don't go to the bars. I spend my Friday nights doing deep dives. This is what I do. That's what I do. Like I do, I'll do deep dives on That's why I'm hitting you with these stats right now. And He's got to be spinning right now because he's such a Carson Wentz defender. And again, I can't explain it. And I don't think you can either, Joe, but the numbers don't lie, dude. Since Frank Reich has basically left, not basically, since Frank Reich has left, Carson Wentz has a losing record in 20 games. And again, it's, it's not all on him because it's a team game. We get that. But why are they not playing as well under him? They're just not. Yeah. They should have held on to Nick Foles. Now, what is your thought from that game about Eagles 
the, the state of the Eagles, the state of the Cowboys, the state of the NFC East. Like, do you think any NFC East team wins a playoff game? I, dude, I just can't figure out the NFC East. The Cowboys are so hot and cold. Um, I, I saw everyone was so ready, like, time to pay Dak. Time, like, that game doesn't prove to me time to pay Dak. Well, here's, here's, here's what I think my, my take on the NFC East is. The Redskins are just about the worst team in football. They're not quite the worst team in football, but they're just about, they're very, 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 very bad. The Giants are very bad. The Eagles, sorry, the Giants are very, very bad. The Eagles are very bad, and I think the Cowboys just might be playing bad. Like I don't, I don't think the Cowboys are bad. I think, I think the Cowboys, I think they have a lot of talent. It's just a matter of putting it together and going on. Like they have to go on a legit run. Right, but the thing is, is like bad teams are going to beat very bad teams and very, very bad teams and very, very, very bad teams. But bad teams aren't going to beat good teams. Look, dude, right now it'd be the same rematch as last year. It'd be the Cowboys at home against the Seahawks. And even though I'm a big Russ guy, once again, that's a game the Cowboys can easily win at home. Last year, I gave the Seahawks very little chance to win that game. And I was right this year. I would say the opposite. I would say I would, I would pick the Seahawks in that game, but the Seahawks defense isn't that good. There's a lot of holes in that Seahawks defense. The Cowboys coming up, have the giants after a bye. Then they got Vikings, lions, Patriots, bills, bears, Rams, like, there, that's a long stretch right there of games. I mean, they're they're four and three right now. Let's call them five and three after the Giants, Vikings, Cowboys. Sorry, Vikings, Lions, Patriots, Bills, Bears, Rams. I none of those games are games where I'm like, oh, the Cowboys definitely have this one. Yeah, I agree. I think those are all tough games against quality opponents. Before you get to Eagles, the you know the last game before the season, and then obviously like the Cookie and the Redskins to to finish it out. Like, does nine and seven win the NFC East? Yes. Does eight and eight win the NFC East? Possibly. I, I obviously you're not getting a wild card out of this division. No. You have the the West is loaded. You have the South. You have the Saints, and and Carolina is going to continue to play well, in my opinion. Um. So th- that's where the wild card's coming out of. Um, and obviously the North, how, how am I forgetting the North and the Vikings are playing well. So, and, and possibly the bears. So they're just going to get one team. I, I, I think you're right. I think maybe the winner of this division goes eight and eight, nine and seven, and it's going to be a crazy year in the NFC. Dude, I realistically think the wild card teams in the NFC might have to win 11 games. Yeah. I think 10 games for sure. I think that's how top heavy the NFC is. I don't know. Especially again, especially if you know you look at the NFC East and and you get an eight and eight team, dude. It is not unreasonable for this to be the old NFC South uh, and a seven and nine team get in. Yeah, you're right. I could see it happening. I really could. I don't know, man. I just I can't figure out the Cowboys. Like they they looked great last night, but it also has me thinking. I don't think the Eagles are good. The Eagles have three wins. And obviously they had a huge win in uh, in Green Bay, but they're just so they're just so hot and cold. Yeah, I think that they're bad. Well, Joe, you watch that game. You can't you can't come away with it thinking that they're anything but that. And again, like you said, 
if the NFC East is so top heavy and and teams that are 11 and 5 are going to win wild cards and that means that there are teams that are 10 and 6 that don't get in and there are teams that are 9 and 7 that don't get in just because a team from the east gets in at 8 and 8 doesn't mean that they are a good team i am almost on the bandwagon of saying every single team in the NFC East would be classified as some level of bad. Unfortunately, one of them gets to make the playoffs. Yeah. I'm, I'm not ready to do that with the Cowboys yet. I'm just not. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm, I'm being stubborn and I'm holding on to my <laughs> pre-Super Bowl pick. Preseason NFC Super Bowl team, the Dallas Cowboys. We'll, we'll see. I mean, and, and, and let me just say, since, since, Tug is firing pistoles in the air while he wears his sombrero in Mexico. <laughs> he's he's shooting over the wall at me. I just want to say that my uh, uh, for for the, for our threesome, our our Super Bowl picks for the NFC are you guys have the Eagles and the Cowboys, and I have the Packers. So you're looking b- good. Uh, b- b- before he shoots, you know, before he throws a grenade through a cartel tunnel at me about Jacoby Brissett. Maybe check yourself. You got the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl, Coker. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah, I totally forgot. He picked the Eagles. Dude, I'm going to laugh. If the Eagles don't make the playoffs this year, you talk about Barry spinning. That will now be four years that Carson Wentz has never sniffed the playoffs. Ever. Like he hadn't played right. in the playoffs. Right. Fun fact, uh, Colin Kaepernick already won four games his first couple years. Just saying. <laughs> if, if you ever do hear this, Barry, just, just saying. I don't, I don't think Barry will come on anytime soon because he, he won't want to have a debate. He, he wants it all. He wants, he wants the debate stuck on Twitter. He couldn't, he couldn't do this. He, he, would, he, would be, <laughs> he'd be, he would literally be spinning SpongeBob in real time. <laughs> okay, let's talk Major League Baseball. Wow, what an ending game six with the uh, Altuve walk-off uh, against the Yankees. Fun series, and your tweet just says it the best. We, we keep bringing it back. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those tweets that just lives on forever. You can always – I'm glad I didn't put any sort of uh, – Game specific markings on it because Jose Altuve. I mean, he he makes you want to be a better person. He's five. What is he? Five six. Five six. He's listed as five six. It's unbelievable. And I and he and I tweeted this out. I think he's the most likable guy. He's just so fun. Like he's yeah. a, he's a guy you want to. He's a guy you just want to be hanging around. Such a fun guy, and and they're they're obviously a very fun team, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of fun guys on that team. You know, uh, Altuve, Springer, uh, you know, Verlander, obviously Cole. Like they're they're a good bunch of guys, and you know, uh, the Nationals make it in. The Nationals have had a long break. It's going to be a lot of great pitching matchups in this, um, and and I'll I'm now just like officially a Houston Astros fan because. Obviously, the last thing I want is the Nationals winning a World Series. But the, Houston has managed. I said, "Help me, you know, help me, Obi fucking Altuve. You're my only hope." Uh, he took out the Yankees for me, and now I'm going to ask that the Astros please beat the Nationals. And look, it could go. It's going to be. It, it's going to come down to the, you know, the Verlander, Cole, Strasburg, Scherzer foursome. Who gets just dominating pitching performances, or does no one get you know dominating pitching performances? Do the bats just come alive and uh, 
you know, sort of neutralized, like dominating pitching. But if, if either of those pairs come out and shove, it's anybody's series. What a wild day, man. We have the World Series is going to start on Tuesday and also the NBA season. What a crazy night. Kicks off yeah, Tuesday with uh, the big game is Lakers-Clippers. I know. Awesome. I, I Look, we've said on this show repeatedly for like five years that Christmas is the unofficial start. But I feel like this year... Just so much movement in the NBA, you're like, I'm invested from day one. Yeah, I agree. I have a different feeling this year. And uh, I'm just fortunate that, you know, I got a decent setup in here to watch watch multiple sports events at once because the TVs will be on tomorrow watching NBA and the World Series. And I'm excited. I'm really excited about this World Series. Again, as a casual fan who doesn't, you know, follow it as closely as someone like you. I think it's going to be fun. I've enjoyed the playoffs. Um, and, and and I thought the ringer did a great piece today about it's crazy to think that the Tigers had, uh, they had Scherzer, Verlander, and uh, Sanchez. They had them all in that same World Series team that got swept to the Giants in 2012. It's crazy. And now they're all going to be pitching in this World Series. And I think for you and I, Joe, we went to that stadium. It's just it was cool seeing Altuve just blast that walk off bomb, and hearing how electric it is down there because that was that's a fun stadium, man. I mean, I know fun stadium, good fans, good people, great uniforms. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I it's it's basically everybody is rooting for the Astros except for people related to nationals players because nationals fans don't actually exist yeah they're holograms that's what you guys say on dirty slides right right yeah I, and, and 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 that was uh is sort of confirmed when the when the news started interviewing yeah. nationals players and the guy's like today <laughs> i saw that how long have you been a nationals fan today yeah i, I dude we should do like a like a like a March Madness style type bracket of worst sports fans, and I, we could ca- we could categorize it. You, you could do it from like as far as like racist, like Boston, or just like piece of shit fans, like Philly. But you could also add a category of like just non-existent fan bases: the Washington Nationals, the Los Angeles Chargers. You know the any team in Miami where where you just. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you pit these teams against each other as far as the worst all-around possible fan base. I think that'd be an interesting discussion. Yeah. Because aren't aren't the Chargers? Wouldn't you put the Chargers in the the Nationals hat category? As far as like who uh, who are the fans? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I'll be rooting for the Astros as well. Um, fun ballpark. I'd love to actually get back to but yeah i'm excited the nba season is here but you know what does suck though prano about nba season on tuesday is that the main first game no zion williamson i know that does suck and look they've got to be you got to be safe with him he's the future of the franchise it sucks I, i feel like this happens so much lately where you know the the 
whether it be Blake Griffin, Ben Simmons, you know, they, they come in the league in their first year. Everybody's jo- like, all Joel right. Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. But um, I, I, I wasn't on team Pelicans are going to be great their first year with all these guys. Oh, they just have so much talent. Um, you got you got to play it safe with that guy. And the other thing is the first game is the defending champion Raptors. And with Kawhi leaving, no one's talking about them at all either. Yeah, it's a good point. No one's talking about them. I'll be curious to see how they play out. Yeah. But we, we can talk about it more, like you said, the official start, maybe Christmas. But once you get back here, we, we can delve into it a little more Thursday. And obviously all the NBA China stuff, I'll be curious to see how that plays out. I did want to read something real quick, um, not go too far down that. But Adam Silver did say, this is interesting, that uh, the fallout from this, he said the losses financially have already been substantial. Our games are currently not back on the air in China as we speak. We'll see what happens next. Wow. And he went on to say the financial consequences have been and may continue to be fairly dramatic. So it really is interesting uh, that they're already feeling the effect financially. And like you said, this is very important stuff because it's going to, if this continues, it's going to affect team salary caps, which is wild to think. Yeah. That we were so invested in the viewership over there. Um, and I'll be curious to see how the NBA handles protests. I, I know. A recent uh, preseason game, the, like the last one, I don't know if you saw this, they did remove a couple fans had pro Hong Kong signs at a Nets game, and they were allowed to stay, but they did remove their their uh, signs. So, 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 then yeah. it, so then it gets into that tricky area of like, oh, we're removing signs? Like, should they, shouldn't they? That whole, that whole thing. Right. Well, if you can't say James Dolan fucking sucks, I guess you can't say you can't. You just can't make political statements. Yeah. So yeah. In, in in some way, on a on a case by case basis, the NBA has been curbing free speech forever. But, but oh, they all have. I I, I remember yeah. all the leagues. I remember when the Bengals were so, but you know when they went on the historically bad run for years. People in Cincinnati would bring Mike Brown sucks banners. And they'd instantly have him removed. Or, you know, that one guy used to, I don't think there, there was a guy who used to fly a plane with a sign over the Bengals stadium. And, uh, you know, it said like fire Mike Brown or it was anti Mike Brown, the owner. And uh, he actually did his homework and he filed, he filed a complaint with the FAA saying he was flying illegally at, you know, a certain elevation or whatever it was. And the guy couldn't do it anymore. Like it's, it's wild. The, extent that owners of sports teams will go to to basically curb yeah. free speech. So, well, Joe, I think that's the episode. We, we've, we've covered as much as we can, and uh, you will be back in the Smut Studio, I believe, on Thursday, correct? Correct. I'll be back on Thursday, so we will, uh, we'll get this thing going live for a while, and, and I should be there for a bit, which is good, because we, we need to get it back in a, in a good groove. Cool, I agree. And I, would, uh, I think we should do some uh, live YouTube broadcast what do you think let's go we got some great nfl games obviously nba's here world series let's make it happen got any uh got any good shows the dirtballs can see yet uh if anybody isn't around is around new york tonight uh i'll be doing frantic at the stand always a great free show starts at 10 o'clock at the stand and then uh back in la joeprano.com 
if you're uh, if you're in the Southern California area and want to come out and check out a show, Tahoe uh, week before Thanksgiving, and then I'm back here for the holiday. So that's the next couple of uh, of months. And uh, in the meantime, follow me at Fix for Life on Twitter at Joe Prano on Instagram. It's all about the gram, guys. You can follow us on Instagram at the Dirty Sports. Same on Twitter. You can follow me at Andy Ruther. And if you want some koozies, I'm sending out some more today. Just drop an iTunes review and leave your Instagram or Twitter handle, and I will reach out to you, and I will send you some koozies. Uh, that is the show, guys. Thank you for supporting us. And, uh, Joe, I'm looking forward to having you back, buddy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being back. All right, Dirtballs, have a great week, and most importantly, stay dirty.